The Dad Presents, Episode 21, He's Got Life on a Chain, Pete Yorn Live. It all starts right now. Hello and welcome to The Dad Presents, episode number 21. That's a blackjack number 21. <laughs> this is B, joined here with, as always, by Jay Maddie. Hey, what's up, fellas? And of course, there's Dog. What's popping? <sighs> Getting into February. February, Valentine's Day coming up. You guys got any plans for Valentine's Day? Mm, try not to get in trouble. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Dog, I'm not going to ask. Holidays yeah. like that are just about <laughs> um, doing what you have to do so your wife doesn't put you in the doghouse. Exactly. exactly. And, and dog pretty much lives in the doghouse from what I understand, so <laughs> yeah. you the better step house. up your game. Yeah, for <laughs> Valentine's Day, to me, is not going to you know mean much this year, so I'm going to just be chilling. Yeah. Yeah. By myself. Yeah, you know. And the, again, on this show, we give you perspectives marriage uh marriages with different issues and also parenting um tonight ladies and gentlemen i'm going to a gay bar with my wife it's raining man hallelujah all right fun <laughs> now question to both of you guys how offended should i be if i don't get hit on by one of these gay guys you get hit on you think so big strong black man you get I, hit on a lot yeah it's weird in a weird way i'm kind of banking on it just so i could shoot them down yeah. like women shoot me down all the time yeah, but well, I mean, you, you might want to give it a try. I see how you're looking at me in some of these shows. You seem sweet on me. Just you never know, you know. You never know. You might be into it. Give no, it a try. No. So, what made you decide to do that? Like, well, this is the backstory to that. Is that uh, she she works with a bunch of gay men in, okay. in the interior design business, and uh, one of them is departing, going to another job, and they're having a going away, which is going to be apparently a go a, a gay going away party. Oh, that's cool. So. They're going to do it at a gay bar, and they invited me. And have you never been to a gay bar? I have. I've okay. been to a gay bar before, and you know, uh, again, there's nothing that they're going to show me tonight that I haven't seen. There's, a, you know, but I just want all the homos out there to step up their game when they come talk to me. Like, give me a line that I'm like, <laughs> that I'm like, hey, you know, the answer is no, but that was a good line. Like, give me something, you know, that's what I'm reaching for. So. That's what, well, I, what I wish you well. I hope it goes well for you. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trying to soak up some game from some lines. Huh? Yeah, you know, because just in case I get back on the single market, I might want to use one of those lines. Yeah, of course. When you, when you get back on the single market, yeah, is that is that coming? No, no. Well, you never know. You know, the wife stays mad, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you, Jay Maddie? Well, I had something interesting happen yesterday. Uh, we were going to pick up the kids from the school, and a fucking sinkhole opened up and ate a dump truck. You wow. sent me a picture, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you, you worry about nuclear war, and you worry about a super volcano. You never think a sinkhole's just going to open up outside your kid's school and eat your children. Yeah. It, it's it, There's so many things out there that can, can get you. It's wild. That's dangerous. What do the school people say? Like, oops, or what? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't their fault. <laughs> yeah, I you know, know but... <laughs> But uh, it, it was big. It was like, what was that um, that uh, Seth Rogen movie, uh, This is the End? Oh, yeah. It, it looked thought, huge. I thought demons were going to start flying out of the hole and grabbing children, and mm -hmm. it, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Jay Maddie has an interview with Pete Yorn, hopefully yeah, coming up Pete shortly. Yeah, coming up. Um, Excited. We'll try to entertain you folks uh, uh, as much as we can. Uh, parenting like, questions. Like we usually do. With parenting questions, it's our favorite part of the show. Let's do one. We got time for one before... Uh, 
we swoop in with with uh mr yorn yeah okay um all right we got lawrence from cincinnati he says my wife goes berserk at our kids basketball game yelling at refs and it's embarrassing <laughs> i'd rather her stay home because she can't control herself but i'm not sure how to approach her with that mm-hmm. what you got this sounds like aisha deal from our show uh, a, few, a few weeks back she's a very involved parent um, it's, this is a little different question, though, because mm-hmm. this is about the, the the wife and how do you talk to the wife and explain to her that you're, you know, embarrassing yourself, me and the child. How do you how do you approach that conversation? You just got to have it. Um, the thing is, it's OK to be supportive. It's OK to voice your support of your child. He came out of your womb, for Christ's sake. I get that. But when you get to a point where you're a distraction and now you're taken away from your kid's moment, that's when you need to buckle down a little bit. So that it just that discussion just needs to happen and say, you know, this is about our kid, not about us. We want to show support. We want him to see us out there cheering. But, you know, you got to tone it down because you're becoming a distraction. And then the event come, becomes about you. What do you think, dog? I, I think it sounds kind of hot. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, as long as it doesn't happen like all the time, yeah. You know, like uh, once in a while, it's it's fine. Just have your wife's back, and you mm-hmm. know, start yelling with her a little bit, you know. But uh, hey, as long as it start doesn't happen with her, yeah. As long sure. as it doesn't happen all the time, you know. So just have a talk with her mm-hmm. and let her know what you feel uncomfortable, and you know that's it. But I, it sounds hot to me. <laughs> sounds hot <laughs> yeah here here's the thing I, you know my kids are in basketball now and and i see a lot of these parents and the interesting thing is it's almost always the women that are behaving like this mm-hmm. it's it's almost always moms who are yelling at the refs yelling at the scorekeepers yelling at the other team and i think it must have something to do with their their innate nature to want to protect their children sure. and also i think it's probably the fact that a lot more men play sports coming up and they know that look these are third graders it's not that important and they they know to chill but um yeah luckily my wife is not like that but yeah i I agree with you b you just you just got to sit her down and be like look these are children they're children on the other side you're you're embarrassing yourself and your child and you're not doing him any favors yeah and it's about him or or her if she's if you have a girl who's playing a sport um my mother almost got in a fight with a lady (laughs) during a football game one time where the lady was just like get that guy and she was talking about me and my mother just sort of snapped at her and it's on videotape it's awesome to listen to yeah my mom wants to protect her her boy but on the dad end because dads aren't completely innocent my dad i ran a touchdown one time it was remember saint monica's dog remember my dad ended up in the end zone with me because he chased me down (laughs) so he was excited yeah Yeah. that's different than than yelling at people and starting fight true but i was in a race with my dad down the (laughs) sideline and we met each other in the end zone and i looked at him like what the fuck are you doing here but you know parents yeah parents get involved i get involved i remember the one year we had soccer i got involved and the coach had to tell me to calm down but you know they do that you just have to realize it's about your child at this point right right Mm -hmm. all right what do you say we reach out to pete we can do it all right we have the technology and folks um gotta one more time apologize for our sound i hopefully i believe that we've worked it out and um we'll see what's going on with mr yorn hello it worked yes pete how you doing very good. Um, this is Matt. Um, thank you for coming on The Dad Presents. I just spoke to your publicist, and she said you're out in the desert, and you got some spotty reception. You can hear us okay? Yeah, you sound good. Do I sound all right? You sound fantastic. You sound like a singer. All right, good, 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 good. <laughs> 
Uh, she said you're on the desert. Is this one of those like uh, magic mushroom finding yourself trips? Hell no, <laughs> no. It is my house and and home intended for termites. Oh man, we had to get out of we had to get out of Dodge, and uh, my daughter's sick, the sickest she's ever been. Oh it's no, an interesting morning, and it's not one of those trips. No, this is a different kind of trip, but it's all good. Sorry, man. Take it as it comes. Yep, yep. Well. You know, first of all, before we get into the music, we're a parenting podcast, and you, you just brought up your daughter, so I want to ask you about that. Um, your mother was a teacher, both my parents were teachers, and the great thing about having a teacher as a parent is that they're home when you're home, right? Now, as a musician, you're out on the road quite a bit. How do you, how do you balance being a rock star with being a dad? Was my ho- mom home when I was home? I don't think so. No? <laughs> No, I was a latchkey kid, I think. No. I was the last I was the youngest in my family and I my brothers were much older. So I think by the time I got I got around I was like later, dude. See yeah. Ya. yeah. Um but uh yeah, I'm sorry. What was your question regarding that? How thing? do you how do you balance the um traveling and touring with, with being a dad? Right. I cut it back big time for sure. Like Yeah. I um you know, she's only three right now and i don't want to miss it you know like i'm super i'm like a super nostalgic and like i feel things a bit too much i think that's why i write some of the kinds of songs that i write so i'm like i don't want to miss these years and all that and so i like you know i'll go out for like two weeks and i make sure i'm home for like a month and then i'll go back out and stuff like that but yeah i just made the choice you know you can't have everything sometimes and at this age yeah. I just kind of want to be around a lot, and you know, those are fun be years for my wife too. You know, I don't want to leave her in the lurch and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's good. That's good. You're doing that. So, uh, music for the morning after, right? It came out in 2001, and its title at the time was confusing. It was written. It's kind of written like a hashtag in the pre-hashtag era. I'm wondering why you spelled it out like that. And uh, music for the morning after what? Great sex, heavy night of drinking, like what? What what exactly is the theme there? All right, let's see. Let me break it down for you. I think at the time, the title came. Uh, it was actually like one of the things that 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 set it off was um, I was reading a book about Oasis, and they talked about what's the story of Morning Glory, and I think like you know that might have been a little bit of where my title came from. Yeah. Like something about the morning after when I think about the morning after what, and a lot of people have asked that, I think it's like, um, you know, I've always been, to me, it's more like the morning after, uh, you reach, you reach a place in your life that you were kind of working at getting to. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of human nature to once you get to that place, like you're cool for a little bit. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now what? Because there's always going to be something else. It's like, okay, I've got this. I've done this. I graduated from college. Now what? Okay. And it's just like, it just life keeps moving. Even though you think you're trying to reach a goal, you get there and you, human humans want just more. They want something next. So I think that's that the truth. comes from there a lot, you know? Yeah, that's the truth. Um, yeah. And when that came album came out, you know, people were still heavy into the, the grunge scene. I was big into Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and, and a little bit of that rap rock scene was coming up, like Rage Against the Machine. And your album was like a, you know, a whole new thing that kind of captivated the nation. It was super successful. Um, was the mainstream success at all surprised to you? I think so. You know, it, I remember thinking, I had a lot of friends who were making records at that time. And, 
they were doing really cool music and the music that I loved, a lot of it wasn't that mainstream, you know, even growing up, the, the, the bands that I loved were never on the radio. Uh, um, although I did like a, tons of stuff on the radio, you know, like when I was a kid, like I never heard like the Smiths on the radio sure. or the cure really until right. later, I feel like. And then, and then, or, and then, then those bands kind of blew up in time, but I feel like for me, it was, I just want to make music I was going to be proud of that I was into. And I remember thinking, you know, uh, there's tons of good music that doesn't do shit. You know, I'm just going to do what I do and, and keep my expectations low. So I feel safe and, and just uh-huh. kind of go with it and that it did have success. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. I was grateful too. I was like, Oh, that's cool. I think that, that, uh, you know, it was just music that I loved and I was happy that, you know, some people, we're able to kind of get into it. Yeah, man, do what you love. You know, do what you love. That's the best way to find success if you're passionate about it. And yeah. Um, Someone said this at the time. I remember, I'm sorry, but they said like, don't listen to the radio and like try to make music that sounds like it because you think it's going to, you get successful. Like you're already like two years behind the trend if you're doing that. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably So I just didn't listen to anything. We just kind of locked ourselves in this little garage studio and just kind of, just kind of, just made music based on wherever our hearts went in the moment. You know? That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, you came up as a drummer, right? So what, what clicked for you that made you decide that, Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm a singer songwriter. Like, was there a moment Did somebody ad- advise you? How did that come about? Um, you know, I learned drums when I was pretty little. My older brother taught me and I think it was just learning guitar, which took it that way. Like I never, like I wasn't the kid who was like, Oh, I'm going to do this as a career. I thought I was going to go to law school. You know, like, <laughs> I, I never loved to perform. I didn't like, like getting out in front of people it was, you know, not my thing. I was kind of shy about that stuff. It was still one of the things that like I've learned to kind of reprogram my brain to enjoy it more now and see it in a different way. But it was never the thing like, I want to be a star, you know, it wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. But, but, um, as soon as I, you know, when I was a kid, I was really into like Maiden and Priest and I would just drum to that stuff all the time. And then like when my older brother went off to university of Maryland, he came back freshman year with like, with like the uh, queen is dead and the head in the door. I was like, wow, what's this music? And it made me want to instantly kind of learn how to play guitar mm-hmm. and start. I just started writing songs and this, I was like, you know, 12, I was like 12 years old then, but over time I just kept writing songs and writing songs and I wasn't writing on the drum. So it was just a natural kind of move you know to if i'm gonna do if i'm gonna sing these songs i'm gonna sing them with a guitar and out front you know yeah well the world is definitely glad you didn't decide to be a lawyer you made you made the right choice there but speaking of lawyers you know your your brother he's a hollywood lawyer right um and he hooked you up with scarlett johansson to do a collaboration and well you know she's pretty well, much hooked, the most i gotta be i gotta be i, gotta, I hooked that up myself you hooked that up yourself I had a crazy dream, and I said, "Dude, I got. I'm making a record with Scarlett," and he was like, "What?" And then I, I had already known Scarlett, oh, okay, um, um, from years before, and so it wasn't like, "Oh, hook me up with Scarlett." It wasn't like that at all. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, great album, great album. Oh, no, I, I like the record. I think it turned out cool. Yeah. Um, now, when you were going to record with with scarlet and you wake up in the morning do you spend a little bit more time in front of the mirror each morning before you get into the studio uh no i don't think so <laughs> i don't uh, know no i'm not no i'm a leo but i don't spend too much time in front of the mirror I, you know 
Yeah, but it's I don't have any snot. It's the main thing. No bugs hang out in my nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, your first three albums, right? You got um, "Morning for the Music for the Morning After," "Day I Forgot," and "Nightcrawler." You you said that they're a bit of a trilogy of sorts, and um, you know everybody gets something different out of a song or an, or an album. But I'm wondering for you personally, uh, given that you said it's kind of a trilogy, what what's the overarching theme of it? I think it's moving through life and kind of examining, you know, the same shit that comes up years later. I think like, you know, if something happened in your life when you were 20, you know, you might react to it different when you're 27 and when you're 34 Absolutely. When you're 44. And I think that's kind of what's going on there. So like, you know, the morning's kind of earlier innocence, everything's new, you know, kind of seeing things with new eyes. Day I forgot. It's kind of more of a, you know, a few years later, middle ground, seeing things slightly different perspective, having that story of, of the morning also behind you, which you didn't have before and how that changes your perspective and, uh, you know, so on and so on. So, yeah. Yeah. I know myself, like I, I, I look back at 20 year old, Matt and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And I look at the choices made, and and the same with thirty year old Matt. Really, like, yeah, I mean, we changed so much. Um, do you even feel like the same person now as when you wrote the first album? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the core is there for sure. A lot of the, you know, like I feel like the same person I was when I was nine years old. Some days, and yeah. in, in some respects, even though I would do stupid shit as a kid, I was thinking about the other day, but. Yeah, I think that core is there, but I think you learn, you just, you kind of keep building these experiences and you learn uh, different ways to look at things. And it's like a prism, I feel like the way that I kind of look at how I move through the world now, it's just, uh, you know, it's just different things and old things will come up and that's all part of you. And then you kind of just you see in just new new way you know and it's, it's pretty cool it's one of the cool things about getting getting older i'm an old man now but <laughs> one of the cool things about that is you know i think like when you're 20 you think you know everything you're like you know yep. and some and that there's good and bad with that like there's a good little confidence that comes with that just so, as long as you're not a total douchebag um it, be, it helps you take chances and go for things and um and uh, if you could keep that kind of like spirit, you know, as you grow older, that kind of youthful exuberance uh, and, and move through that with, with, with your, all your new experiences, I think it's a great thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell me, you know, I'm, I'm like a pretty average guy, got an average life. I got a job. I root for the Clippers. I have hobbies, kids. What's for a guy like me, what's the coolest part of being a rock star? It's funny you said. I don't even think of myself like that. Well, you definitely but are. If I knew, I could. I feel like, you know, in a weird way, I think when I hit like thirty three, thirty four, I kind of craved. I felt like you know I wasn't in a, a relationship. I, I I think part of me was like, dude, I don't want to live this life where like I don't end up having kids or I I don't get married because I felt at that point I was teetering towards like not being able to kind of pull it back. Mm-hmm. because I had lived a certain way for so long. And I really was like, I think I really made the hard choice to say, no, man, I want like a normal life. Like I just want to like have a wife who I love, who has my back and have a kid, you know, and, 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 if, and, and, and have that sort of grounding thing. Cause I, I think part of me knew that I, I really needed that to kind of survive. Right. So 
that's a huge thing. And not saying you can't, obviously there's tons of rock stars who have that and have multiple wives over the years and tons of kids and all that stuff. But right. there was something in me that really wanted like, just like a kind of simple life, you know? Sure. Um, even though I would think I was kind of scared of that too. I was like, Oh shit, that seems, both things seem scary. Too much excess and living alone seems scary <laughs> and, and, and settling down seems scary. But it was all just my pretty much life is fucking scary, no matter what <laughs> path you take. It all it's all crazy shit. Right. In hindsight, it's like, what's the big deal? But it's you know, you grow. But I guess you know, like the greatest thing for me is just you know, I, I make these songs. You know, they kind of sometimes come from a very, very conscious place, and sometimes they come from out of nowhere. And just this is what I love to do as a kid, and still love to write songs and create music. And I think just being able to have a uh, artistic outlet that I'm able to, you know, make some money from and go out and share with people and people want to sing these songs and hear these songs. Like to me, that's, that's, that feels really cool. So I think that's a, 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 right now feels like the greatest part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the mature grown up answer, but um, I would think it's something like, you know, 20 years ago, I was in an acting class with Heather Graham and I got to look at her and be creepy for an hour a week. And uh, rock stars like you get to date people like Heather Graham, specifically Heather Graham. So I think that's pretty cool for an average guy. But your Heather answer Graham. was definitely... She's, she's a good girl. She was cool. I haven't seen her or talked to her in a long, long time. But I did know her many years ago, and she was a good friend and very cool girl. So yeah, yeah, that that that, that element is cool. Listen, I grew up in New Jersey, like the uh, the, the kind of like meeting famous people and all that stuff. I remember when I moved out to California... I grew up, you know, I didn't know anybody famous, nothing like that. My my dad was a dentist, my mom was a teacher, as you know, but my brothers moved out to California and they kind of got into, you know, the, the, the Hollywood business. Right. And so when I came out, there were always famous people hanging around. I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember just like the first time I came out, Jim Carrey's like hanging out, smoking the joint in the living room. Nah. And I'm like, and like, it was right when like Ace was about to blow up. And uh -huh. I remember just thinking, I think I was like 18, 19. And I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, I was super starstruck as anybody, you know? Sure. And uh, that stuff was pretty funny at the time. And that was that was just because I happened to be hanging around. It wasn't even, I wasn't even a musician at that point, you know, where anyone knew who the hell I was. But it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, so, you know, you, you play all the instruments. You came up as a drummer. You, you play all of them. Um, have you ever tried to do, you know, Shaky Graves is out there. He's, he's kind of playing all the instruments at once. Have you ever have you ever attempted that? Have you ever thought about that kind of concept? Like live? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what Shaky's doing, but uh, I, listen, I, mean, I used to joke around. I wish I could clone myself because I was so picky at the way uh, things would be played. Right. I was like, I wish I could, you know, like be on the drums, be on the bass, be on the guitar, whatever. But uh, I haven't. I'm kind of, you know. There's a funny thing. My daughter was watching this. I think it was like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something like that. And Pete, Stinky Pete, was like doing a one man band thing where right. he had like the symbols on. That's his what back I'm talking about. And, like, yeah, a banjo and a harmonica in his mouth. And I was like, Pete, that's like what Dad is on tour. <laughs> and she didn't know what the hell I was talking about. But you know, there's a fine. If you could pull it off, great. You know, I, I think it's cool. It's less people you got to have out there for sure. But yeah. I haven't really delved that deep into it. Yeah, well, you you in have studio, played. Done tons yeah, of that, you've you know, played multiple. Yeah, you've played multiple instruments on on some of your albums, right? Yeah, when we record, you know, I'll kind of build it up um, yeah. and play a, play a lot of the stuff for sure. Yeah, um, 
I, I read something interesting. Uh, your song, American Blues, Volume 1, you, you wrote 2008 <laughs> um, during Independence Day because you weren't super happy with the State of the Union. And that was that was two, two months before the stock market meltdown, and things got a little bit worse even after that. Since that time, how do you feel we've progressed? I feel like I want to clear clarify a couple of things. As I remember it, I feel like it wasn't me. It was, I think the stock market had crashed. I'm not blaming I, you for the stock market crash. No, I think <laughs> that the housing thing, the, the thing popped and I was, I was, uh, no, because that would have happened later. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think. Yeah. I, I just remember being somewhere and reading an article and it was the 4th of July and that article was people are boycotting 4th of July or everyone right. was so pissed off about everything. Right. And, uh, I was kind of like, wow, man, people are fucking really upset, you know? And, uh, I remember just thinking I hadn't noticed that sort of like mass dissatisfaction, uh, in the past, or maybe I hadn't paid enough attention. And so, yeah, it made me just write that song and think, you know, things <laughs> that was back in 2008. Yeah. Things are, are different, but people still seem pretty pissed off. They you know? sure do. For sure. And, you know, I guess I'm like, is this just the way things are or whatever? I mean, you know, there's a lot of good stuff to focus on. I guess if you focus on bad stuff, you're going to be pissed off. And some, you know, obviously you can't just like put your head in the sand. But yeah, you know, hopefully everyone just kind of like, hopefully everyone gets together and, and, and finds good things to celebrate about each other, you know? Celebrate music. Yeah, that's part of that's part of uh, social media, I think, is is it's just such a negative atmosphere. People are just super negative on, on social media. And, and that just kind of brings down the collective consciousness of the nation at times. It has gotten worse. Um, yeah. It's easy for a low energy to like prevail in there because think about it in the past. How, how old are you? I'm f- old man. 45. Yeah. We're the same. I'm 44. Yeah. And like, think like, you know, I remember my dad would read the paper in the morning and whatever. And he still does. He still, he, he still like just reads the paper I never read shit. Once in a while, I'd look at one paper, but now with the with the way it is, you just get sucked into this. Like, you get fifty headlines from on each story in your face every mm-hmm. morning if you just look at your phone. Yeah, and it just seems like well, and then it's everyone's commenting and it's everyone's voice, and it just seems like and was it, I mean it spirals. It just it's just it's just uh, it's easy to get pe- people if you're not aware of it and you're not able to kind of just witness it and step back. It's easy to get sucked up in that thing and get kind of fired up and. It just it's just a lot, you know, and I feel like it's like sometimes you just got to go out and look at nature and chill out and, and, and it's not that bad. Yeah, know? it sucks you <laughs> in. And as an artist, it, it can't be helpful to the creative process. I wouldn't think I would think you'd need to separate yourself from it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I don't even know how that fits into my creative process, that, that whole thing. Uh, yeah, because my create my, my it comes from such another place that I don't even know, you know? Right. Do you, um, you've, you've been touring now for, you know, two decades on and off. You got a lot of albums. Are there, are there any jams that you get tired of playing? And conversely, are there any jams that you wish people would request a little more? Like, I love that, the rocker jam burrito. And I've, I've seen you, I've seen you four times. I've yet to hear you play that live. Are there any songs you would like to play more that people don't really request? Um, no, burrito gets a lot of play lately. Uh, um, 
uh, especially at these acoustic shows, it gets played a lot. And yeah, it's funny that song's like the most polarizing song in my cat. It's like people really? are like Marina, what is this song? And then there's people who just love that song. It's my, speaking of my dad. It's always been his favorite song hmm. since it came out. He loves Burrito. Yeah, but uh, um, it's got a good it's energy. A song. It's just that it's, it's 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 about it's, the title is food, but it really is a song about love. Um, yeah, but but um, not really. You know, there's some songs that like I just either forgot how to play or I kind of lost interest in, but most, most of the stuff gets played or is fair game. And, uh, it's cool. Like sometimes there's like a really rare track that like some couple, like really early recordings of mine snuck through in that on Napster back in the day. And like some dude will yell that out, like farmer versus river or some deep, deep uh-huh. I'm like, how do you even know that song? <laughs> and I'll, I'll pull it out. You know, fans get into uh, it, man. So yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. The one cool thing about these acoustic shows is like I could jump all over the place, you know, if like the band doesn't know it and it's like, I'm not going to do it, but since I could kind of could pull it somehow, pull it together, you know, I'll, I'll play a lot of more variety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're, I know you're busy. You're a publicist. Let me know that. Um, also, I know you're on tour. We're going to be seeing you at St. Rock and Hermosa. I'm stoked for that show. Um, awesome, yeah, yeah. Um, where can the people find you? Um, let them know. Uh, on, like online? Like You mean like online where I am? Yeah, or? wherever. Where, where um, do they go? com. Very simple. com. All my tour dates will always be up there. Um, I'm on the Instagram, Pete Yorn, the Twitter, Pete Yorn. Uh, I am uh, going to be playing a lot of shows in California in March. Well, for, for one state, it feels like a lot of shows. It is a big state, but there's like six or seven shows in Cali alone coming up in March. And uh, St. Rock's awesome. I like. I really like that venue. I played there a while ago with my band, the Ohms. And yeah, I the Ohms. It's a cool spot. So definitely come say hey if you're there, man. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks for your time. I uh, hope you get everything worked out with the house. Hope your daughter feels better. And right, uh, yeah. we'll catch you next time, man. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jay Maddie coming through with another classic interview. Thanks, brother. I think you found your niche. No more table dancing for you. Uh, but I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Jay Maddie every week gets us a star. Uh, a lot of people email us and they wonder how we do it and all that other stuff, besides wondering about our sound issues. And thank you guys for the critiques. But hopefully we've got it fixed by now. Great interview by Jay Maddie. Um, let's get on to question two. All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. We got Tommy. I don't have a city for Tommy. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, Tommy says... My daughter gets picked on about her size by the other girls in her school. She's only eight. I don't want to be that parent, but I also don't want this to continue. Now, he doesn't say what her size is, but being that it's a girl, I bet she's, I'm guessing she's a big girl. That's usually what girls would go after you for, right? Is it, a, did she, well, he's got to be specific, because, I mean, she could be the small, because there's... Yeah, a, but that's a boy thing. You, pick, you find a tiny yeah. kid in school and you pick on him. I was that kid. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so feisty today. I used to get picked on when I was little. Yeah, you defend still, myself with these. You're still I'm holding them up, holding them up, holding them up <laughs> dukes. Um, yeah, let's let's go with it. Like she's a big girl. Like she's a big. Well, it doesn't matter if if you're too small, too big in other people's eyes. Um, to in, to some extent, he's right. You got to let her deal with it because she's going to be dealing with it. Probably, maybe for the rest of their life. You don't know how you know kids grow into their bodies or don't or whatever. But you have to see what type of harassment you're really dealing with. Is uh. Is it to a point where it's bullying and it's online and you get into that scenario of, you know, things we didn't have to think about when we were kids, 
where people are getting bullied online and then you end up with, you know, God forbid, suicides and stuff like that. I hope it's not quite to that extent, but I'm trying to give you the spectrum here. Um, let her deal with it as much as you can, but keep an eye on it in terms of how vicious it's getting. Uh, kids are naturally cruel. Um, but, you know, sometimes when your kids, your enemies one day will be your best friend the next. So you may want to let it play out, but keep an eye just to make sure that it's not getting to the point of just ridiculous bullying online and elsewhere. Dog, what about you? Well, if, if she's heavy set, mm-hmm. um, show her some successful heavy set women. Okay. You know, uh, cause this, Heavy set women nowadays plus uh plus models, they're everything. So sure some, you know, successful women and keeping a lot of extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. Maybe acting, you know, so stuff like that. Very yeah, insightful. I'm but, I'm gonna go the other way a little bit and give a little <laughs> advice that might seem controversial, but first of all, we're I'm assuming she's a big girl. Okay. Now how how big is she? Is she unhealthy big? If so, um, yeah, the bullying needs to stop because it's important that all children feel self-confident and have good self-esteem. So you should probably raise that with the teachers if she's really being bullied. But sometimes when you bring up bullying, it just makes the bullying worse because the teacher will reach out to the kids who are doing it. That pisses off the kids. They do it even more. Mm -hmm. But if your daughter's, you know, child obesity is a real problem in this country. It's a real problem. I mean... They used to call the diabetes to adult onset diabetes. They don't even call it that anymore because so many kids have it. Yeah. So look at what you're feeding your daughter. Look at how much activity she is getting. Look at how much time she's spending in front of her iPad mm-hmm. and try to make a change in her life because the, the, the habits you develop as a child uh, in regards to your nutrition and your metabolism, those stick with you for life. So if she's getting bullied about her size... Um, that might be a problem that, that continues her whole life and you want to you want to get a handle on it and not just blame the kids who are doing it. Of course, those are little fucking assholes, but <laughs> you want to try to help your daughter. Yeah, that's the key it, with all this. So we hope, and the name again on this? Tommy. Tommy, we hope we've been of help in this issue. Uh, you know, Tell Tommy to get with... Uh, talk to the bully's parents too. That's important too, Tommy. You know? Yeah. That can go sideways real fast well, sometimes never too. Know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Just get more involved. Yeah. yeah. And if they if they need a beat down, then deliver it, Tommy. That's that's what has to happen. You're a parent. Congratulations. That's what dads are for. That, exactly. Beating down other dads. <laughs> All right, let's go to the news. We've done our two questions. Um okay. We got news of this Democratic Congresswoman, Elon Omar. And what she's doing is she's asking the Minnesota Attorney General to investigate USA powerlifting over a decision to bar tr- transgender women from competition because the testosterone is used in transitioning. Jay Maddie, you like this story. What 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 tickles your funny bone about this? Or not your funny bone, any bone. What does it do? She I, I think you got the story wrong. She's what is it? she's wants to ban transgendered women, which is mm. women who were men. Yeah. Or she doesn't want to ban them. They have been banned from powerlifting. Sure. She is saying that mm-hmm. there should be an investigation because there's no actual biological advantage mm-hmm. to having previously been a man and now lifting as a woman. What she's saying is that there's no scientific mm-hmm. benefit or there's so, no scientific proof that being a transgendered woman is an advantage over being a cisgendered woman. Yeah. Which, I mean, we're losing our minds. I mean, 
Yeah. This, she says there's no scientific <laughs> proof of this. Yeah. This lady needs to go do some science. Like, go make a paper mache volcano, you know, go mm. go do whatever they're doing in third grade, because my third grader knows more about science than this congresswoman. Sure. And these kind of ideas um, are not good for us. They're not fair. Um, and what it leads to, what, what you're going to end up with is women getting pushed out of women's sports by men who say, I, I identify as a woman. Sure. Right. Cause that's all you have to do now. Say I identify as a woman. And we're talking about professional sports where there's money to be won. Well, if you're just going to say anybody can do that, well, that's going to start happening. Yeah. And Dougie, what do you feel about this? I feel like Jay Maddie hit all the angles on that one, man. But you know, just, Oh man, this is just a touchy subject, but I would think though, if, you know, if you're lifting as a former man, you're going to be stronger. Period. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Period. I, I think that's, that's the bottom got, line. You got the bone <laughs> that's structure. That's the advantage. Yes. Sure. You, you might even... The muscle memory. Muscle memory. You still have the bones of a man. You got, you know, uh, longer levers on your arms and your legs. You you had testosterone flowing through your body for 20-some years. Yeah. It's an unfair advantage. Yeah, it is. And, and to try to pretend that men and women, that there's, they're now saying there's no biological difference, that's just, that's asinine. That's yeah. not science. The liberals, Democrats are supposed to be the party of science. That's what the whole global warming thing is about. You know, it's science. We're supposed mm-hmm. to believe in science. Well, science says there is a biological difference between men and women. And you can't, can't just whitewash that because you don't want it to be true. You know, we should be compassionate to transgendered folk and maybe make a separate transgender division. I don't know. But you can't pretend it is something that it's not. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you know, that's a good idea, actually, is to make break it up into divisions. Because I believe, just because of me being on Earth for 45 years, that more times than not, men are going to be stronger than women. So there's an advantage. I like the response from the powerlifting corporation where they say, or organization where they say, you know, maybe our sport isn't for anybody or for everybody. And this may be a case of this, is that there's too many things that, you know, you're making acceptance, exceptions for. And you're supposed to be in sports, which we always discuss is really one of the last places you can get fair treatment based on ability and so on and so forth. So you're, you're possibly cheating other athletes out of a chance or something, opportunity, because of an advantage you have. So... Not with that. It may just be a sport that's not for everyone. I know, I think the Olympic Committee had made some sort of um, uh, allowance for folks who are transgender but did not take testosterone or something to that effect. People are, there's evidence of people trying. Not everybody's trying, but there are evidence that people are trying to make exceptions. And at some point, you reach a point where there's no more exceptions to be given. And that may be this case right here. And I'd, you know, I definitely support Maddie's idea on an, another division with transgender athletes. And I think it, that something like that will give folks an opportunity pr- to promote that lifestyle. So all yeah, for man, it. Look, if, if you're a feminist, mm-hmm. right, this is not this is not fair to women. What's you're going to have you're going to have people who used to be men coming into boxing and beating the shit out of women like yeah. isn't that isn't that like literally abuse yeah yeah you, you, you can't have that and 
I, I don't like that these ideas, which we, we used to hear them two, three years ago, we thought they were outrageous and we kind of poke fun at them. Now they've hit the point where they're in Congress hmm. and it's, it's getting Being serious. Yeah. That, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And next up on our docket is actually a local story here, West Hollywood. I'm going to a gay bar tonight, folks, just in case you didn't, <laughs> you weren't here for the first part of the show with my wife. Okay. Um, your beard? Yeah, my yeah, my beard. Um, <laughs> there's a story at LA Times this morning where, and it talks about this couple that are in their 70s, and they've run this uh, gay and straight pornographic shop in West Hollywood for since the 80s, or maybe even before that. And so now it appears that they are the victim of Amazon, Tinder, and Grinder because now the store is going out of business. So. These people still in their 70s are selling this porn up until the last minute. But it's just interesting, I think, that these new sort of online things have put, you know, this adult porn gay industry or shop out of business. Yeah, this is I mean, this is nothing new. Amazon's putting the whole freaking world out of business. We're all we're all going to be replaced by robots in another decade. So, you know. I'm not going to shed a tear for this. That could have been like a landmark, though, man. You know, when you go in and oh. actually can <laughs> maybe touch, a landmark for, for you know you. go in, go take a date there, or well, yeah, you that, know, that, it's it's different <clears throat> than when you shop online. Then you actually go. Is this the place you know? up on Sunset? It's called Circus something. Or okay, another? I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised it's stayed in business till now. That the, the surprising part about this story is not that they're going out of business; it's that they remain in business till 2019. Is this a pe- place that you frequent often? It Maddie? is not. <laughs> so yeah, these 70 year olds who are selling people their porn are, will no longer be in business. So who, who buys porn in 2019? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dog, come it's, on. You you love porn more than any person I've ever met. Have right. you have you bought porn in the last five years? No. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's a miracle they stayed in business that long. Yeah. What else is up? It's uh, called Circus of Books, by the way. But next, speaking of Amazon, got Jeff Bezos, and he's claiming that the National Enquirer tried to blackmail him by saying that they were going to put out pictures of him. Uh, I guess they got some naked selfies of him and his new girlfriend. Uh, Jeff Bezos is in the middle of a, I don't know, bil- multi-billion dollar divorce. And yeah, he's gonna lose like sixty bill, man. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough day. You yeah. lose sixty, but still have sixty. And I, I guess you can't be that pissed if you still have sixty billion. But if you had one hundred twenty billion, then well, I feel like you know, when when a man and woman get divorced, of course, if the woman stayed at home or whatever, she she's partly responsible for that man's success. She supported the man um, while he was out working. She raised the kids. I don't even know if they have kids, but she's definitely entitled to be taken care of. But fifty fifty when you got when did she really make fifty percent of that hundred sixty billion <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, made? Yeah. yeah, that doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of curve we grade yeah. these divorces. Just give on. her ten bill. Yeah, yeah she be She's all right with yeah. ten bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're gonna lose that argument because you know if she's got that much money, she's got a good lawyer, and the good lawyer is gonna say that you know she's used to a certain lifestyle, and yeah. once you use that <laughs> that defense in court. It gets very well. Tough. Here's what happens: is the lawyer charges he probably charges ten thousand dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and he drags his bitch out as long as he can. <laughs> the bitch being in the divorce, not the woman. Yeah, and uh, the lawyer ends up walking away probably with a uh, couple hundred million. Oh sure, yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm sorry, dog. You want to comment on that? Would you split your 120 billion dollar fortune with anybody? Uh, no, I would try not to. <laughs> well, you got to. You Are know, you gonna yeah. get a murderer? Is that is that what <laughs> you're planning? Well, no, I would try to fight it, but hey. Yeah, and just give them something. Yeah, like more like a mediation, going to mediation maybe, and 
Yeah, mediation is the way to go if it gets there. But for mediation, you got to have a two reasonable people. Yeah, if one person is not reasonable, mediation ain't gonna work. Right. Mm. Yeah, that might be the situation you're. <laughs> You're yeah. at for media- <laughs> right. mediation is in your cards, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, but you're you're, miss- you're missing the story. So right, they they um they threaten to publish. Yes, sorry. And he just one ups them, and he publishes their threats, which is pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah, he's acting like somebody who has 120 billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like, yeah, I got dick pics on my phone. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, yeah. I like it. But the nerve of the acquirer, they're basically. Saying, telling him to stop his inquiry of them on how they illegally obtained his photos. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of balls in that room, folks. It, yeah. It's going to be a good court battle or something. And I mean, the photos illegally obtained, that's kind of scummy by the inquirer, but that's what they do. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's been going on now for five, six years. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's wrong. It's wrong that that happens, but there's just no getting around it. And in a future world, it's going to happen to all of us because there's... You know, we're all just going to be interconnected. There's going to be no privacy. So, moral of the story is: don't put dip, dick pics on your phone. Eventually, they're getting out. Yeah, that's the moral of the show. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's the title of that's the show. That's the overriding theme <laughs> of the show. We'll be back with more on the Dad Presents after these words. Yo, B, what's happening? You notice how chill and sexy I'm looking right now? Uh, no comment on that. Well, you, you notice. Don't pretend you didn't notice. Mm, quite the opposite. <laughs> but what are you getting at? You want to know why I'm looking so chill and please, so sexy right now? Please stop talking and just tell me what, what you're <laughs> It's me at. undies. I'm feeling good. I'm wearing me undies. I feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. Are we really talking about your underwear right now? I'm talking about my underwear. I don't want to talk about your underwear. Me undies are the best underwear you can get out there. And our listeners, we got a code for you. If you want some me undies, if you want to feel fresh, if you want to look good, go to meundies.com. Use the code word friend. Buy 20 for 20% off. That's a bargain at any price. So you, you said these are the best underwear you can get? Look at me right now. I don't want to. Look at me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Go to me undies. <laughs> do what he said with the code. Get them. They're great underwear. That's all I'm going to say about My it. My nuts are so tight. I, I, you took it too far. Okay, Liam Neeson. Uh, this whole story about him, I guess he was promoting a movie, and he talks about how he had an acquaintance that was raped, and she told him she was raped by a black man. And this is a long time ago. He then, I guess, got so upset that he went out on the street looking for black folks to beat up or kill or do harm to, basically. And so this happened a long time ago. Um, it's one of those things that, if, unless you've had a murder in your family or rape, you you know it t- puts you in a place. And there's things that you, I'm sure you think about that maybe may not be the best thing. I think this is a case of Liam Neeson thinking poorly of a situation and hope and fortunately not, not acting on it. I I can only just see him as being like racist or whatever because he'd be like that dude when he's like in Taken where he's like, I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> I, I'm racist. I hate black people. <laughs> Obama and Michelle were not married. I hate purple Kool Aid. Like shit like that. I can see him doing that. Right. But he's not, I don't think he's racist. I just think. I don't think he's racist either. Yeah. I think he just made, he, he was in a position to make a worse, but terrible decision. It didn't get worse because he didn't act on it. And that's it. Well, he, it was a bad thing he did. Mm-hmm. And he, nobody busted him on this. He came out and confessed to this. And now he's getting shit for this. Like, you know, we should encourage people to confess the 
bad things they've done. Sure. Not, not start shaming them after they do it. And he didn't do anything. He yeah, just he just fought said it. it. Yeah. And, Look, man, know. if if what would you do if someone in your family was murdered? Sure. I mean, there's different <clears throat> different degrees to it. I wouldn't hunt for you know random people, or whatever. But but you're gonna but, point is you're gonna be fucking, yeah. You're, you're in a dark vengeance. place. Yeah. You're yeah, in a dark yeah, place. Yeah. yeah. Much like the movie Taken. That's how he acts. But yeah. just not racist. But what if the guy was white? Well, I mean. It, it, he would have probably been looking for white people. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Or just, You're right. Yeah. So You're right. No, that's a good happened point. to be black. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it seems... And he called him a what? Black bastard. Black bastard, yeah. 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 But you, you should be called anything. Like, if you're doing that type of bullshit on the street, raping women... You know, that might be the case where right, you could throw in a racial. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go <laughs> super private here. My okay. first fiance was was raped by a gangbanger. Oh wow! And uh, I just was really mad about that. I don't recall ever having any like feelings towards black people. I had feelings towards some fucking gangbangers. Sure, yeah. you know, but it, it didn't make me want to go hurt black people. So it is, a, it is a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time cut the dude some slack number one he confessed it sure number two he didn't actually do anything he's just telling you how he felt he's trying to be relatable mm-hmm. and uh number three don't judge we're too judgy in this society you don't know how the fuck you're gonna react to something until you've been in that man's shoes like you know something violent happened to somebody he cared about yeah you know and, what I mean? and people react differently but it puts you in a dark place murder victims rape victims it, definitely a unique situation to a lot of folks I, I think part of the problem with society in general is we're just we're just so judgy now we're just everything everything that's on twitter everything that's on facebook we're all judgy we all have an opinion and it just we just spiral into negativity with one another yeah and speaking of black people and something an issue you're in favor of from, from past shows there maddie reparations you got a presidential candidate marianne williamson who's who, she She's running for president. That's Who all. is she? She uh, before that she was she had some kind of weird background. She uh, anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute. But she is asking for ten billion dollars per year for ten years for slavery reparations for black folks. Dog. Wow. What do you think about that? Uh, that's extreme. Wow. You know, racism was terrible. I mean, you know, uh, slavery was terrible. Yeah. And but that's just too extreme, I think. And I don't think she's going to get it. Yeah, she's a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and activist. By the way, Jay Maddie, and she's in. running for president. She's running for she's president. She's probably not going to win. Uh, no. Doubtful. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, let me let me tell you why I'm I'm in favor of reparations. Okay. There there was a, a wrong committed against black people. Sure. For sure, that's mm-hmm. not questionable. They haven't completely climbed out of that hole yet, mm-hmm. and I feel like the the playing field is even today as far as everybody has equal opportunity. But the whole thing of white privilege is, you know, some white people get a head start, yeah. right? That's essentially what white privilege is. Mm-hmm. I hate the term white privilege. I think it's a destructive term, but there is some truth in that some white people have a head start. So let's re- let's make reparations for what was done incorrectly in this country. Give black people some money, get them on equal footing from the starting point, and then we can stop with all this other nonsense and we can all get on with our lives. How <laughs> does the money get dispersed? That's always the question. You know, uh, well, if 50, I have a little white in my blood, am I all the way black? I mean, well, I think I think you go with the slave rules. If what was it? If you had uh, one sixth blood, you were a slave. <laughs> Isn't that what it was? Yeah, like no, man. You know, I, so I'm gonna get some money. <laughs> <laughs> I like the general idea of it, but like Dog said. The in, the devil's in the details. Is that how does this go? How, who gets what and when? 
And then on top well, of it. Well, that's the problem. Because, yeah. because black is not a race. It's a skin color. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine who's black and who's not? It's really impossible. It's an exercise in futility. But I think it's it's a good way to make amends and uh, get rid of some of the anger and hatred in this country. But at the same time, you know what it will also do is there's going to be a lot of poor white folk in the South who don't get any of that money. Mm. And they're going to be pissed off. So it, Sure. There's collateral damage to any decision, but I think it's the r- the right thing to do and a helpful thing overall. She mm. won't win. No, no, she ain't gonna no, win. She no, ain't gonna nobody win. even heard of her. No, and the thing is, it, what dollar? What at what dollar amount does it become an insult? Because even though it's ten billion dollars, yeah. you're talking about slavery. Like, is could you put a price on slavery? Really, it's like, not. It's not to make up for yeah. slavery. Mm-hmm. It's to help repair. Repair. From hence slavery. the word reparations. Repair some of the damage, damage. done to black folk. Yeah. Um, Democratic, man, Virginia's gone crazy. Virginia's going to become the new Florida, I'm predicting. <laughs> Democratic Virginia Governor Ralph Northam called on, he's been called on to resign after appearing in blackface in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> man, and the man who supposedly would replace him, Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, is accused of sexual assault. Oh, wow. So, Virginia, you're our new Florida. Um, uh, doggy, what do you think about well, all that? I mean, you know... Back in the day, he did. This was in high school when he what? Did he paint his face, or was he the guy with the KKK mask on? He would. I think he was the guy in blackface. I I think. And the stories changed a couple. Well, of he times. said he tried to look like what Michael Jackson. That's or what he. Like that. Yeah, that's what he said oh, in the press. I mean, you know, it, this stuff is touchy, man. I mean, hey, if he dressed like that, they put it. It must have been a joke and funny. Yeah. But but you standing next to a guy in the KKK mm-hmm. uh, mask made it worse. Sure. I think. Yeah. But look, it's not it's not I good. Think it's, no, it's not good, but I don't think he should look at his track record of work yeah. and see what he has been doing in office yeah. before you just jump you know, on it. Yeah. yeah. First of all, yeah, it was it was in the eighties. Sure. The eighties were a different time, mm-hmm. you know. And here here's the double standard with all this stuff. Here here's what I'm wondering, first of all. Okay. So Apparently, he wore blackface or dressed as a KKK member. Nobody seems to know which one. No. In the 80s, when he was 19 years old, number sure. one, he's not the same dude he was when he was 19. Everybody as 19-year-olds exercises some bad judgment. Mm-hmm. Number two, a lot of people in the South at that time would wear costumes like that on Halloween. Um, what gets me is this is the same guy who went on the air on some radio show and basically said, yeah, it's okay to euthanize a baby after they're born. And that didn't yeah. get yeah. <laughs> the, a didn't whole get lot <laughs> of attention. But then a picture from 30 years ago sure. crops up. Yeah. And now they're calling for his head. It's just like, where the fuck are the, our priorities in this country? Yeah. Like, he essentially said, yeah, you can euthanize the baby after yeah. it's born. Not in those exact words, but that was the More spirit of the message. Sure. And that got a few people ruffled. <laughs> but blackface in the 80s, you're out of there, yeah. buddy. yeah. And then you got you got Joy Behar, mm-hmm. right? This cropped up after this. She was in blackface in 2016 and showed it on her TV show. Nobody's calling for her job. Yeah, it's yeah. just it, it, with all these things. And I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm I just try to look at these things Down rational. The Down the it middle. It just seems that there's not a lot of consistency for who gets in trouble for these things. Yeah. It's always like the conservative in blackface. You're you're a dead man. Joy Behar. Well, you're on our team. We got you. Yeah, the, the I agree with what Jay Maddie, what both of you guys said. Is it's you guys? Oh boy, 
going to the 80s, you can't really judge because it's a different period of time. Just like it was fashionable at one time for folks to own slaves. So you, you can't, you know, you have to do things based on the time you're living in. Also, in the 80s, wasn't the movie Soul Man out where yes. C. Thomas yes. Howell yeah. is in blackface? Yeah. Do we have to go during, after him? Should we go yeah. after him? During the whole, I mean, this happened so long ago. Now, as time has developed and, and gone on, people have said, okay, blackface is maybe not the most appropriate thing. I get it because there's history with, you know, uh, uh, white folks uh, deciding not to hire black actors and wearing shoe polish on their face, whatever. Okay, I get it. But to go back into the 80s where this guy you said is 19, um, that's not a good uh, body of work to judge from. I think, like Dog said, you have to look at what he's done since yeah. and then make a decision. What I think what killed him was the uh, KKK guy next to him. Yeah. Kid. That could have been him. I don't know. Yeah. And also what killed him, whenever you're rolling with a story like this and you get, you're get you up against it and people are throwing harpoons at you, yeah. don't change your story midstream. Yeah. <laughs> First thing was, it was me, then it was... I'm not sure it was me. It probably wasn't. Then it was me again. I'm pretty sure but... he knows if that was him. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah. Well, I mean, what's new? Politician lying. You know, yeah, what's that's, new about that? Yeah, not a good strategy. Yeah. I mean, look, man, in the 80s, I wore a costume for Halloween where all I wore was tidy whities and I put a potato in my pants and I called myself Super Freak and I'd go rub on people. Now, you do that now. That's a Damn. me too. Yeah. That's a me too. <laughs> but in 1980, people thought it was fucking funny. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everybody thought it was funny yeah so you can't you can't ju- i wouldn't do that today right i wouldn't put a potato in my pants and go rub them on uh, people. that's right. debatable maddie <laughs> <laughs> i could see you doing that that's potato in your pants. I, i'm just saying man you have any let's pictures? all relax let's bring, i yeah. got pictures yeah, yeah shoot some pictures? pictures yeah we'll put them up on the website when we get it <laughs> um our state of the union just occurred that you know the, the president was finally allowed to have it and he made a state of a, a union address. Uh, Jay, Maddie, and I were arguing back and forth, forth on the phone as to what I we, was having like four <laughs> arguments at a time during that. As we what we thought it was what it meant. Uh, Doug, did you watch the State of the Union? No, I just watched the little highlights on CNN. I didn't watch the whole State of the Union. You're a smart man. You, yeah. you would have probably blown your head off if you had watched the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But he, but I heard you know like Trump was for the women. You yeah. know, he was pumping them up, even yeah. though he said, you know, I'm grabbing their pussies. So he whatever. threw everybody off with that one. Yeah, so yeah. the women stood up for him. Sure. Um, and then what's the lady that he got out of prison? Uh, the, the, she was there. Yeah, right? the lady on the drug B, charge. He was mad that the only two black people invited were ex, ex-cons. ex-cons. Yeah, that, that that did strike a chord with me. And as, <laughs> as an ex-con, how how do you feel about well, that? I, I felt good about it because, I mean... Shit, man, this lady was facing a life sentence over a nonviolent crime. That's right. Mm. And That's right. and Trump got her out of prison, and I like that. Really, he's really into prison reform. So that's one thing I do like about Trump. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I, yeah, like Matt said, I did take note that they had just used the, the two black people as felons in the State of the Union. Those are the only two people that were highlighted, two black people anyway. Yeah. And the thing is, is, what I found about Trump, I found his formula, is that he uplifts folks that are troubled in, in terms of black people. That's his black agenda. He uplifts the troubled. He sort of puts an arm distance between him and like the educated, affluent black people, uh, calling them, you know, sons of bitches and low IQ and all that other stuff. And he embraces like the idiots, like Kanye. Like Kanye. And I'm sorry, Kanye, but the <laughs> fools or which better? Idiot. Yeah. Like, or Amorosa. So that's his strategy. So, Definitely keep your arms. Are you, are you calling our our 
surprised guest, Joy Villa, an idiot? I did not say anything about Joy. Well, you, ju- you and, just got around to it right there. And you can tell she's not on the show because I've been allowed to speak <laughs> for the longest I've been allowed to speak since the last show. And we enjoyed jo- Joy. We Joy really, was awesome. She was awesome. And you guys thought that I was like hard on her or whatever. I was just having a discussion. I think she was great. And she was a great guest. She made for a really good show. And hopefully, if Jay Maddie works his magic, we can get her on again. So, no, Joy was solid. Um, but those are the things that I noticed about Trump during that speech. Not a whole lot, you know, given in terms of what we're expecting from him. I don't expect much to come of it. He's just just waiting for the indictments. That's what I'm waiting for. And you know what else sucks? That um, kid that's his last name is Trump. He's getting bullied. Uh, getting bullied. Yeah, he was there, too, and he fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about ABC just blasts him out there, mm-hmm. you know, showing his face? Like, he's been getting bullied in school. <laughs> yeah. And now you're going to blast him out to the nation showing him sleeping. Uh, I wonder if he's going to get bullied more or less. Well, yeah. More. You know, I mean, come on. Be responsible, journalist. It's yeah. like the same thing with the MAGA hat kid. That's, be responsible. Yeah, we mentioned it's that. a little kid. Yeah, it seems like he, things... It was late. He was tired. He took he a He fell nap. asleep. No big deal. He's a kid. But that's the thing, is it, it seems like people have just sort of forgotten kids' privacy oh, and protection lately. It's just sort of like, let's just roll them out there. No problem. Yeah, I got a, cu- I got a couple things about the, the State of the Union. Oh, sure. Num- number one, I've kind of decided I'm not talking too much Trump in 2019. I, I came to a revel... revel, revel of, Revelation? There you go. Is that the word? Revelation? Yes. I think I just had a little stroke. Or something. Um, I was at dinner with a couple friends. One was a conservative, one Mm -hmm. was a liberal. Yeah. Right? And I'm I'm sitting in the middle of them, and Trump comes up. And by the end of the conversation, both of these assholes were mad at me, the guy who's kind of (laughs) middle of the road with Trump. And what I've realized is I've yet to have a conversation about Trump. Even with you, Mm -hmm. you're you're probably the most rational one. Thank you. But even you... Where someone didn't get mad at me because people are either so passionately love him or so passionately hate him Mm -hmm. that if you're not on their team, you're against them. So everybody's against me. So I'm I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not. Then I even went on Facebook and made a post on Super Bowl Sunday telling this story and how I'm not going to talk about Trump anymore. Mm -hmm. And everybody got mad at me. (laughs) For me stating that I'm down the road, that like all I the comments were like, you're yeah. an asshole, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. So I'm kind of done talking Trump. But one thing about yeah. the State of the Union. Okay. Right. And we're trying to build an audience. So I don't, I don't want the people to hate us because no. I'm down the middle on Trump. We right? love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing he said, and, and all night long, there was like standing applause, standing applause, you know, from the Republicans and mm-hmm. once in a while the Democrats would join in. But the one thing he said that I thought was the highlight of the night. He said, great nations don't fight endless wars. Mm-hmm. And he, he promised to take us out of them. Sure. Four motherfucking people stood up and clapped for that. <laughs> that, tells, that tells me everything I need to know about our government yeah, and how sure. it's controlled by the military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Four people. Yeah. All those other senators sat with their arms folded like, no, nah, we're going to stay another 20 years in, in these wars and blow mm-hmm. another $10 trillion and endless lose another... Endless yeah, yeah, sure. I mean... No, and it's I mean, disgusting. I but, thought it was disgusting. Yeah, the State of the Union never. Well, it's been tough a long time since I saw a State of the Union and I actually walked away with something thinking, "Oh, okay, this is going to really happen. Something is going to change." Um, it's after he said that he also highlighted how much money they've spent on the military. <laughs> so I don't even know if he thinks this is going to. You know, he can keep his own promises, but no, probably, it, he probably can't. Probably, can't. I don't think they're going to let us. They may not let him. Yeah, no, I get that. But yeah, all this talk, the podcast, the guests, everything is about, you know, 
having discussions, learning something from each other, never getting mad at anybody. Just you might learn something. So we try to open it up here for you folks. Um, we'll, more, more on 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 sure. the the war and the so right after he says we're going to leave Syria, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now we got into all those wars over there, Afghanistan. Dog is falling asleep right now. Look. <laughs> Dude, it's ten o'clock in the morning. I've had a rough week. Jesus He's had a rough week. Christ. He didn't. He didn't sleep. At I just home. look over. His eyes are rolling up. And <laughs> is the wife keeping you up, yelling at you? Is oh, that what's going on? Man, here? just it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. I've never seen a, a grown man do that. Before, well, you, you, besides you felt, my grandpa, or, or when we were in the comedy club and you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there were there were substances. I can't wait time, to get so. to B's couch. <laughs> Thank you for that bit of levity to the show. Um, anyway, we, we started all these wars 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. We didn't, it says in the Constitution that only Congress can declare war. Mm-hmm. Congress didn't declare no. a goddamn one of those wars. We nope. went to war, we've been at them for 20 years. Sure. Trump says he's going to pull the troops out of Afghanistan. The next week, Congress votes. To leave the troops in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, is is this not no. obvious to everybody in the world? Is it just me? Is am I the only person who sees that how corrupt this is? Well, there's money to be made in wars, and that's exactly that, <laughs> that's the end of the line. That's, I mean, just like when you talk about healthcare, there's no money in the cure. That's what they always say. There's money in the medicine. But not necessarily in the cure. So right. there, there's we have sick care. Sure, we have sick care because keeping people sick and feeding them medicine, that's profitable. Yeah, you cure a disease. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of our wonderful electeds, the folks in Hawaii, I can get behind this. They're considering banning cigarettes, and they're doing it like step by step, making it illegal by like say for instance, you have to be. They're going to raise the uh, the age limit or the age requirement. They'll do it 30 year. You'll be 30 one time. Then it'll be 40 the next time. Eventually, they'll get it to 100. You'll have to be 100 years old to buy cigarettes, which essentially means it'll be banned in Hawaii. Um, smoking is disgusting. I lived in California my whole life. Um, everyone, Most pe- people here treat it as though you're like a terrorist if you smoke. Yeah. And it's for good reason. It's uh, There's nothing that is... There's not a, a light at the end of the tunnel for smokers. There's, it's 100% negative. Terrible on your health, terrible on your clothes, terrible how you smell, it's all of that stuff. Hand. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's bad stuff. Especially when people do it in your car, doggy. Right. <laughs> yeah, just do it, period. Yes, that's true. All in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, grow up, Hawaii. Yeah. Grow up, B. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, smoking's disgusting. I'm not a smoker. Sure. I mean, occasionally when I'm out with the boys having a beer, I, I like a little cigarette. But, but grow up, Hawaii. I mean... We're not children. If you want to smoke, we should fucking smoke. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a grown up. I know it's bad for me. If I want to smoke a cigarette, that's that's on me. It's it's things that are victimless crimes should not be crimes. You cannot make a crime out of smoking a cigarette. The only person you're hurting is yourself. It's the same with marijuana, heroin, prostitution, all these things. Victimless crimes. You can't you can't ban cigarettes. You can't do it. Now, um, banning them for children, sure. Mm-hmm. We've already done that. But you're a grown ass man. You want to smoke? If I want to smoke a million cigarettes today, mm-hmm. that's my right. Right to die. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one. <laughs> suicide. Suicide is a crime. Yeah. Well, who's getting hurt? Me. Yeah, 
Well, is suicide mean, is a crime. Suicide yeah, it is. is a crime. It's against the law. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it was assisted suicide, except in Oregon. Props to Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So how did they charge <laughs> the folks in Oregon? Are just like kill yourself. So how did they charge the person that committed suicide, or uh, maybe they get him with attempted? If they, it doesn't they happen, they don't really. They come after his kids. No, uh, no, they don't. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. They, 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 don't. they don't really. Yeah, but it's just in principle. Yeah, um, but assisted suicide, they go after you. One of my. Um, there's a comic, ah, uh, shit, I'm not going to be able to think of his name right now. He lives mm-hmm. in Arizona. Anyway, mm-hmm. he, his mom was suffering big time sure. um, and wanted to die. Mm-hmm. So he helped his mom die. He, mm. he got high with her and he just kept feeding her morphine until she went, boom, went out. Yeah. And he tells a hilarious bit in his, in his stand-up special about this. But he waited something like four years to tell the bit because otherwise he would have gotten arrested for yeah, assisted yeah. suicide. Yeah. Well, his mom wanted to die. And mm-hmm. when he tells the bit, it's not only hilarious, but it's, it's touching, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he helped her. Wow. I, I don't yeah. know how you make something like that illegal. The same cigarettes, all, all these well, things. They might do it like due to uh what insurance policy shit too. Like, like if you commit suicide, you won't, your uh, spouse won't get paid mm-hmm. because it's illegal. They could do it like that. Yeah, they do. You know? They do do yeah. that. If, if yeah. you commit some insurance yeah. policy. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that might be a little disingenuous mm-hmm. with Hawaii is the reason they're not going for a full ban immediately and they're, you know, just raising the age limit, you know, periodically is because of the money that cigarettes bring in. <laughs> so they want to adjust for losing that money. So therefore, it's going to be over a period of time yeah, that also, this is yeah, ever that's, approved. Yeah, that's part of it. I also think they probably realize that some people are way too hooked. They're not going to be. They, they got to wait for those people to die out. Yeah, that's probably you know what, what happens. Like, yeah, it's it, it's a tough addiction, and that's another reason why not to smoke. It's just a disgusting habit, folks. So if you can avoid it, don't start. And if you can quit, by all absolutely means do it. don't smoke. But Hawaii, grow the fuck up. Yeah, uh, things that are bad for your health: fighting with mountain lions. And yeah. Jay Maddie, you talk. You, you we this is going back, but you mentioned that you think that you could fight a mountain. No, lion. no, 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 no. no. I think you're going back to like I think like episode two, and it wasn't me. Uh-huh. It was my brother, the other idiot. My, my, yeah. <laughs> he, we had a solid two or three hour conversation of how he detailed that um, he could win a fight against a mountain lion, uh-huh. and uh, we may all made fun of him for that. And sure. I think we made fun of him on this show about that. We did. And I'd like to give a shout out to my little brother. What's up, bro? Uh, apparently, he might have been right. He, if he had used the same tactics as this guy, that Colorado runner, I'm sure you guys have heard about, killed a mountain lion with his bare hands as he was running a trail in Colorado. Mm. The, the strategy he used was he took a rock. Well, first of all, I guess what you're supposed to do is make yourself seem bigger. So he like raised his arms up and started making noise. The lion attacked anyway. So he hit him in the head with a rock, then got behind him and choked him the fuck out and end of the lion. Done. That's amazing. I, that guy's my hero. Has anyone seen a picture of this guy? Is I haven't just, seen like, him. Well, jacked? he's he he had he got bit in the face. Little, yeah, wow. yeah, he got bit in the face. So he took <laughs> he took that Small with small price to pay for yeah, the shit. story you get for the rest of your yeah. life. He had inj- I mean, but yeah, this man has got to be booked on every late night show once he gets out of the hospital. We if, should try to get him. I'd love we to talk should to that get Colorado. Where is he? Do we even have a name on? We'll find him. We'll try to get him. But. He did all this, beat up the lion. The lion, the remains of the lion, were later eaten by other lions. Like the, He should have eaten the lion. That would right have been on the badass. But right his, right face, his face was probably like falling off or whatever. But should we 
try to arrange a battle royale between this guy and your brother is a question. <laughs> uh, I don't think my brother wants any of that. Yeah, dude. He's this guy. I mean, he's a just running a trail runner. Took out this lion. I mean, Amazing. you think of most runners, you think of like lanky, skinny guys. Exactly. Uh, I want to see what this guy looks yeah, like. Yeah, see if, see, pull him up or something. Um, no, I don't think he's been identified. So they protect the identity of the, the lion killer, <laughs> but they won't protect the identity of the Trump kid who's getting bullied? Well, yeah. It seems like the lion guy could probably take care of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, in today's world, I'm sure there's some people who are going to hate on this guy because he killed a uh, animal that's, you know, going, are they going extinct? Are they in danger? Are they endangered? I don't know about mountain lions. Are they? I don't I, know. You know, I think they were at one point and mm-hmm. they're a protected species, but now they're coming back pretty strong. Yeah. So, so I'm can... sure there will be people pissed at him for killing a mountain lion. I guarantee them. I guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee PETA is coming out with something. Exactly. Next Probably up, not. That would be pretty ridiculous. Well, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, because we always talk about sex on the show, we can't leave you without saying something. We have the most dangerous sexual positions for you. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Okay. So, it appears that when you have women on top, they are to blame for 50% of penile fractures. So, that, that goes for just them being on top in reverse Yeah, that's a, that uh, Jimmy Peretti syndrome. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, doggy style also a bad idea. Twenty nine percent of penile fractures being caused by that position, mostly because of the man. That when the, the women are on top, supposedly it's mostly their fault because they're you know going nuts and don't realize that the, your penis. They don't know how to to be careful with the, the peen. No, they don't. But guys are responsible for injuries for the most part with doggy style because they go nuts. Okay, thrusting. This is just a matter of statistics. Sure. Look, I mean. Let, let's get real. Mm-hmm. Most people are doing three positions. Girl on top, guy mm-hmm. from behind, missionary. Sure. There's other positions, but that's what 95% of people are doing. So, of course, those are going to be where the injuries come from. Mm-hmm. There's no revelation there. And it makes sense that the more injuries are coming from girl on top because, you know, she doesn't have the dick. So, she's not feeling what's happening to your dick. No. She yeah, uh, doggy. Any injuries from your sexual activity? No, not at all. But you know, women like getting on top because I think they can come faster too. It depends. Yeah, yeah some of control. them. Yeah, yeah. I think they they hey, know how to bust that nut. Let them go ahead and bust their nut first. A hey, question. Okay, so recently <laughs> we're in the middle of it, and Who's both we? Of, you and your me and, from the gay club. No, me and the wife. <laughs> oh, you and your beard. Yeah, her. Okay. So at the climax, we both lose our hearing. Has that ever happened to you guys before? Wow. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah, dude. I, wow, you, you're putting 45, work. 45, 45. Both lost your hearing. Yeah, dude. Like it, you, head your, rush. Your, 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 our ears got like real cloggy, you know, like you get oh, on the airplane. that's good. At the same time? Yeah, dude. That it was, was cool. it was wild. The shit was <laughs> you guys are meant for each other. Apparently. And I'm that's still good. good stuff, man. I'm taking it all to the gay club tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, my wife... Is wanting another baby. Yeah. You've been fucking like rabbits. Yeah. I mean, I love my wife and I love making love to my wife, but Mm. we're going twice a day now for about two months here. Twice a day? And 45. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I'm pulling out all the tricks. And it's not like she's coming to bed wearing a nightie and talking dirty to me. She's like, you know, it's like she's in her sweats with her robe on top of the sweats and she's like, okay, it's time. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not 25 anymore. Like, you got to romance me a little, a little bit. bit, especially, twi- you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm, I'm tired of having sex. I'm tired yeah. of it. 
I love my wife. That place on tired Sunset of it. That's about to close. Yeah. yeah. They might have a clearance. Better, better hurry so. up. Yeah. Better yeah. get there quick. Go get some, some, go read some porn. Oh, out we of... got it. We got all the toys. We got everything. But it's just, I mean, I want to, I want to make love or I want to fuck. Yeah. I don't want to uh, do it like we're, uh, like schedule, like it's yeah. a training Business video transaction. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, time to make the babies. You know? Jesus time Christ, time to make the babies. Anyway, that was a little too personal. I hope she doesn't. Listen what are you guys working? I love you, baby. On a girl, maybe. Hopefully. Well, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. yeah, we got two boys, and she wants a little baby daughter. And I gotta be honest, I would, well, I, would I would like a little baby daughter too. But I'm 45. If it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a commitment there, Shane <laughs> Manny. I mean, look at it this way: if if we get one. I'm on Medicare before she's out the house. Yeah, you, I, I just do some quick math. It's sixty. She's a sophomore in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about I'm, in, I'm not going to be able to beat down vitro? those boys coming. What about in vitro? Yeah, well, I threw thirty five thousand dollars down that hole. You did. Uh, yep, oh, yeah, sure yeah. did. Before you put it in her hole. Yep, thirty five thousand yeah. dollars, and 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 nothing became of it. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. But um, well, it would have because they but they want to put like three in you at once, and we're like, well, then you can end up with triplets. Holy <laughs> like, shit! Like we're not oh, taking that chance. No, no, one no, at a time. No, no, no. He's like, well, if you do one at a time, you probably there's a good chance you don't get anything. I'm like, I'd rather like yeah. I'd rather get nothing <laughs> and burn this money <laughs> than get triplets. Now the thing with doing a natural is, yeah. we could end up with another boy, uh, and if that happens. You're dead. I'm I'm gone. Yeah, I'm there's, out. There's I'm no out way. that house. Yeah, yeah. I'm three not boys nope. under three boys under under ten, and you're forty five. Yeah, with twenty four pieces of metal in my body. Yeah, you know what I mean, Ooh, like yeah. I'm not. I mean, I, I know you look at me. You're like, oh, that's a good looking guy. He All looks the time. like he's thirty eight. Sure. I wish I looked that young. <laughs> but on the inside. <laughs> I'm like 55 with all yeah. this metal on my body. I'm falling mm. to pieces. Well, you know what you should do is do yourself a favor and just start looking for your wife's next husband. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe bad he's idea. at the gay bar tonight. I'll let you know. <laughs> anyway, anybody why, got why any? Why would my wife's next husband be at the know. gay bar? I just threw that out there. I thought it was a good transition. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> transition to what? What are we transitioning? I don't know. Are we? Do you have anything else? I think we've sort of gotten through our list. I think for the most part we'll save more stuff for next week. All good. All good. Dog, you got anything? No, nothing. All right. Well, I got a I got a new sign off line because that last one didn't seem to catch too much fire, so I'm gonna give this a second chance. All right. All right. It goes like this: Love your mother. Love your brother. No, no, no. I fucked that up. Scratch it. I'll throw it out next time. Damn it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Hey, find us on Facebook.com, at The Dad Presents, Twitter, Instagram, all those spots. All right. Now, here's the sign up. please like and subscribe on iTunes. B never tells you that. He's not a very responsible superstar of the show. Not at all. I'm going to a gay bar tonight. Oh, yeah, fellas, romance your women next week, Valentine's. Oh, well, the dog just woke up. <laughs> there you Romance go. Him. Even though I won't be, but just, yeah. you know, that's for all the lovely. You uh, won't be. You got to be. I mean, if anyone in this room needs to do some I want to be, but you. you can't, like, force it. Yeah, you can't. You'll go to jail for that. <laughs> yeah. Again. No, you got to surprise her. <laughs> you got to surprise her. Spend a little money on your woman, dog. Make Make things right. Also, before we go, gotta give a special thanks to Pete Yorn, musician Pete Yorn, for joining us. Another great guest. Take care of yourself. You see? You made me mess up. Take care of yourself. Take care of your kids. Take care of your family. We'll see you guys next time. We'll be back next week. I'll throw it out next week. Mine's just so good and lovely. Everyone loves it. Well, see you next time, guys. Peace out.